This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is your weekly fix of everything Minnesota Twins with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show presented by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, welcome back. It's another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We're here every Wednesday from now until opening day. Killebrew Root Beer, of course, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. Pleased to have you joining us across our network. Pleased to have all of you joining us on Facebook Live. And I hope you behave yourselves there as you guys interact on Facebook Live here tonight. It's become a, a great meeting spot for Twins fans. Uh, and obviously, all of you who are podcasting this throughout the rest of the week, we welcome you as well. All of you will be free to participate in our What's Brewing contest. And we'll have this week's What's Brewing contest winner and that question a little bit uh, later in our program. It is winter meetings time out in Las Vegas, and we are pleased to be joined from Las Vegas by one of my two favorite Haverford baseball players, currently employed by the Minnesota Twins, General Manager Dad Levine. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a chance for you to move up to number one on my Haverford power rankings, depending on who brings me back an Anderson Hunt throwback uh, Vegas running Rebels jersey from Vegas, all right? Uh, we we were over there on campus the other day. We went off site for lunch, and we were paying tribute to the Jerry Tarkanian fabulous five from that season. I would like to see you chewing on a towel in the uh, in the GM's box over the course of the season this year. What do you think? I, I will see what I can do. Pay, paying uh, immense respect for a, a live, or actually, unfortunately, a, a legend who has passed. All right, there we have it. Well, let's get to the baseball stuff. And a lot of people think that. This was all about uh, a bunch of guys standing around making deals left and right uh, in the winter meetings. But the fact of the matter is uh, all the GMs just got together a couple of weeks ago. You guys are in constant contact anyway. So sometimes maybe that's a little bit more of a media creation than a reality. That being said, there is a lot of activity. Uh, the biggest question, obviously, from Twins fans to you would be, are you going to bat Machado and Harper 2-3 or 3-4 <laughs> in your order? And uh, barring that, how do you see the free agent market playing out? And how do you see the Twins' role in the free agent market? Because you're in kind of this uh, this gray middle ground where you still have this developing young core. You don't want to sell out with a bunch of long-term deals for other people necessarily. But you kind of is it almost a, a, a wait and see how your young guys develop situation? I think you, you touched on a lot of topics there, and so let me try to address as many as I can. I, I think that as we look at the free agent market, when we entered this offseason, we had some very clear needs on this team. No, no more prominent than, I think, first base and second base spots vacated by you know the very large shoes of Joe Maurer and Brian Dozier. We were able relatively early in the offseason to address both those needs by acquiring C.J. Crone in a waiver claim and then ultimately signing Jonathan Scope right before the meetings to a, a free agent contract. I think that allowed us to enter the uh, the winter meetings here from a position of stability, uh, which is a, a great spot for us. So we're able to have 
conversations with our internal group here, our scouts and player development guys and our analytics folks and major league coaching staff were all represented out here in Las Vegas about other means to improve the team. And as you referenced, we're kind of at a little bit of a pivot point. Uh, We've had a a lot of teams approach us trying to inspire us to, to sell. We've had some teams approach us to see if we're willing to buy. And certainly a lot of agents who represent free agents and they see us as a very positive destination, which I think is, is a, is a nice uh, harbinger of things to come for our team that uh, free agents out there, some of whom are very accomplished, think that Minnesota would be a great place to play. I think there's a great reputation here. And more than that, I think they view this club, as we do, as very competitive in the American League Central. We recognize <clears throat> that we are in pursuit of the Cleveland Indians who have established themselves at the class of the top of the American League Central But we feel as if with the two moves we've made and other moves that we could make, uh, we have a chance to start bridging that gap. And once we get within arm's reach of them, I think our hope and goal thought process is that anything can happen within the course of the season where we could start breathing down their neck a little bit and and instilling a little fear in them. And part of that is being very agile in terms of your roster construction, your contractual obligations, and some of that comes with short-term deals, you know, scopes on a one-year deal. Some of that comes with the cultivation of a very desirable crop of minor league players, and I would guess that you're fairly popular amongst other teams in the trade market as you uh, prowl the halls in Las Vegas in terms of maybe trying to price some of that young talent out of your farm system as it is developed through another full productive year. And I think a ton of credit goes to Sean Johnson and the amateur scouting group, Fred Guerrero, the international scouting group, and Jeremy Zoll and and our player development group, because they have put us in a position where we have a very attractive crop of young players. It's one thing for us to feel that way, and and we do feel very, very much so that way. Uh, It's another thing when other teams start coming and trying to invent deals to try to access some of that talent. I think that's really significant. And, you know, the, the last thing I would say about the free agent market is the way we're looking at this offseason is there's no players as talented as Byron Buxton and Miguel Snow that we can access in this free agent market. So as you referenced in your first question, a lot of our attention has been paid this offseason to trying to put the resources around those guys to help them realize their potential or even overachieve here in 2019 and beyond. Yeah, and those two remain the pivotal figures for this team to get better, not necessarily someone coming uh, externally, as well as the continued growth of guys like Max and and Jorge hoping to leap the way Eddie and Jose did a year ago. Now, on that point, Byron's been in the news a bit this week. He was up here for a for a, a charity event. Miguel has made uh, some headlines as well. as He's obviously somebody you're going to be asked about uh, an awful lot while you are there. I know part of what Rocco has said he wants to do is, is really get to know these guys individually. He's a tremendous communicator. He's great in the room. When you guys came about the idea for him to pay these guys visits, what are you hoping to get done beyond just familiarity? Is it just the start of building that personal trust relationship? I think that's the foundation precisely. I think his goal is to go down to the Dominican and meet with Miguel in his hometown. He's going to do the same and visit Byron either in Atlanta or backstage Georgia, and he's doing those two visits here in the, in the coming weeks. And I think it's exactly what you just said. He wants to show those guys the respect of coming to them on their turf and identifying them as clearly huge parts of the core of our team moving forward. It's establishing a sense of trust and, and camaraderie between those two guys. And then if they start talking about baseball, so be it. But I think his 
initial goal is to learn about their families, learn about what makes them tick, and kind of look into their hearts a little bit and hopefully make a real connection. Uh, that that is the first step towards building a foundation for for future relationships. Yeah, we're going to talk to Jonathan Scope here in our next segment, Thad, and and he's a guy obviously with a great track record of success. You've got him on a, a one year deal. Last year, mid to late point of the season, you had reflected publicly about maybe uh, too many one-year deals or too many guys in a contract. You're learning from that process, and yet Scope is really the perfect profile for someone to bring in on a low-risk, one-year type deal. Does all that still go back to the fact of what we began the whole conversation with? This is a team made up of, uh, I don't want to call them young, but they're not old either, and they're not quite middle-aged guys who could still get a lot better? Well, I, I think first and foremost, from the point you just made there, Chris, I, I think it's it's absolutely imperative that we learn from every season good good lessons as well as areas where we can improve. And, you know, I have stated before, and, and I do feel strongly that we that we, we some of the mistakes that we may be able to learn from from last year was just the wealth of players we had on one-year deals. You know, the guys that were, were longtime Minnesota Twins coupled with the guys that we brought in from the outside. So for us to do it again, I, I guess the obvious question is, why do we think it would be different now? I, I think what we're hopeful one of the differences is is the fact that uh, we're doing it a little bit earlier in the offseason. I think we're trying to be purposeful in bringing guys in like C.J. Crone and, and Jonathan Scope and potentially others in advance of Twin Sust so that they can start to feel like they're part of the fabric of the 2019 team, part of the fabric of the community, which I think we all know is so vital to the connection with our fans, something that we did not afford a lot of the guys that we signed one-year deals to last year. So, you know, and this is this is on us more so than on them. We may have created inadvertently a little bit more of a mercenary mentality with some of those players. Uh, and so we're going to try to make amends and do things a little bit differently. But in Jonathan Scope's case, uh, personally, you know, last year was not the season he had hoped for. Uh, but he's one year removed in 2017 from being a, a really dynamic performer at second base. Uh, he's 27 years old. He, he has a chance to, to play for a, a big contract coming out of the season, and I think he's going to be highly motivated to do so. But as we look at trying to make up some of the ground between us and Cleveland, we recognize that when you have guys like Byron Buxton, who we are very aspirational, is going to bounce back this year, when we believe that guys like Miguel Sano and, and Jonathan Scope could do the same, you have three players who are one year removed from being really dynamic performers in the major leagues, all of whom, for a variety of reasons, didn't necessarily have the 2018 seasons that they had wanted to. If those guys bounce back collectively and we could have uh, number one, two, and three in the comeback players of the year, if that happens, something special could be happening in Minnesota, I think, as soon as 2019. Well said. Twins general manager Thad Levine, our guest, Twins Hot Stove Show. Thad, this will be the best question you get because, well, it's not from me. Uh, this is the winner of our What's Brewing contest from a week ago. We asked listeners, however they were joining us, Facebook Live, across the network, or maybe podcasting, to send us a question to ask you. And our winner is Savannah Lee. And Savannah's going to win a great prize pack from Killer Root Beer. And here is her question. That, how do you balance past performance compared to projected future results when evaluating a player to acquire via trade or free agency? Great question, Savannah. Yeah, that, that, that is a great question, and I think that's actually really boils down in one question, the crux of a lot of our decision-making around talent acquisition. I, I think we are attentive to what players have done in the past uh, in a variety of ways. So I'll explain a few. One is 
we, we, like so many teams now, have built models to inform our decision-making, and those models are designed to give us a little bit of a refined look as to what we should expect a player to be in the future. But as you can imagine, most of those models' information is based upon how they've performed in the past and how players like them who have performed similarly in the past, how they perform in the future. So these things are uh, intrinsically intertwined in all the decisions we make is evaluating how they've performed in the past. Now, layering on a little bit more of a subjective component of how players have played in the past, we have Latroy Hawkins with us throughout these meetings, but he kind of represents a subset of our council uh, that includes Tori Hunter, Michael Kadire, Justin Morneau, and others. Uh, so subjectively, we ask Latroy anytime we're talking about a player, hey, do you know this guy, or do you know players who have played with this guy? So we can understand a little bit of a deeper glimpse into their past of what type of teammate are they? How, do, how does a coach get the most out of their ability? What can we expect out of them from a work ethic standpoint? How do they handle adversity? So we, we get to look into the, and probe a little bit deeper into their past to hopefully inform how they're going to perform in the future. I think there's no time in which we're evaluating players when we don't both look at their past and hopefully use that as a tool to inform us of what we should expect in the future. Great question from Savannah Lee. She wins a Killebrew Root Beer Prize Pack. We'll have our question for next week coming up when Thad rejoins us after a conversation with Jonathan Scope coming up. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. We're back with the new Twins second baseman next on your home for Twins baseball. just cleared the bases with a grand slam home run and it gives the Brewers the lead and at the sound of a Jonathan Scope grand slam this is the Twins hot stove show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer and we are now joined by the new Twins second baseman Jonathan Scope from his beautiful home on the island of Curacao Jonathan welcome to Twins territory and thanks for joining us um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Well, I, I have to start as you are home right now with just the amazing baseball tradition of your hometown and your home island, going back to your little league days, which have been well chronicled, and Andrew Jones before that. What is it about your home that lends itself to so many amazing baseball players? Um, you know, everybody down here like baseball. You know, since we grown up, watch Andrew Jones. And we go to literally go to like I think eight times in a row. You know, it's fun. You know, and baseball is big here. And, you know, everybody, you know, we, we go to school after school. You know, we go to the to the baseball park and we just stay there till, till night time. And then, you know, keep playing, keep playing, trying to get better and keep um, go outside and have fun and, and trying to be the best player we can be. Well, I tell you what, you came up as a shortstop. You went over to second base and played with some brilliant defensive infields in Baltimore with Machado, with J.J. Hardy winning gold gloves at shortstop. You'll be at second base now here at Target Field. Now, last year, offensively, you fell off a bit from your all-star type production. Do you feel like that was just a blip? Was it something you identified in your swing, in your body, that you feel you're ready to bounce back? Um, you know, last year helped me a lot. You know, last year helped me a lot. And you know, for a fact, I know I will bounce back. You know, I think I will be better than 17, you know, because 17, I, I have a really good season, but I think I have a lot more in my tank. And especially with some good guys around you, you know, the Minnesota Twins got some good guys, you know, Sano, Rosario, you know, boxing, all, all those guys. So, you know, good talent guy, you know, we have a really good team. 
So I think I will. I think it will be better because I have some good guys around me too. You know, and they make you they make you get better. You know, and last year was um, it was it was a season to to learn. I, I look I look at it as it like I'm learn from it. You know, um, I was trying to do too much. You know, when when things wasn't going my way. You know, trying to do too much. You know, I got hurt and come back and trying to be the hero and trying to you know do everything in one day so you know um, I was trying to do too much and I think I take it as a lesson you know I take it as a lesson and you know to to prepare to have a better 2019 so the 18 is out of the way already and you know it's, it's, it's learning you know I learned a lot from it and it gave me better. Our guest is Jonathan Scope, new twin second baseman. Now, last year, free agency kind of on, and a lot of guys didn't sign till very late. Still hasn't been a big rush of signings. How much of a priority was it for you to, to find a team early in this offseason? Um, yeah, you know, um, it, was, it was important, you know, it was important, you know, to, to, to sign early, you know, because you, you see, you know, the market sometimes, you know, if you wait, you know, it's too long. You know, it's a, it's a lot of good guys out there, you know, and I thought um, Twins were a good fit for me, you know, and that's why I pulled the trigger right away. Um, I thought we got a good um, – I was trying to go to 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 team that can win, so Twins was an easy option for me, you know, because I see the guys around me, and, you know, we have a chance to go to playoff and do damage, you know. So I think it was a good fit, and, you know, the manager, Rock, also too, you know, um, I was happy to play for him, you know, so um, the fit was good and the guys was good and, you know, it's a winning team. You know, it's a winning team. We're young, but I think we, we are ready to compete and ready to, to do damage and ready to win a lot of bargains. Jonathan Scope is our guest, entering just the prime of, uh, of his career. He'll be the second baseman for the Twins. Now, speaking of lessons, you played for the, the Dutch team, the Netherlands team in the World Baseball Classic, and had to share a dugout with your Dutch pitching coach, Burt Blylevin, who you'll now be around again, and you survived that. So, I mean, it can't get a whole lot tougher than dealing with Burt in the dugout, can it? <laughs> no, no, it, it, no it, it will get better. It will get better. You know, all, all the time we play against Swans, and, you know, it comes to ice and it goes to ice. And so now it's going to be better. It's going to get better, you know, and I'm happy to be there with him, and I'm happy to, to have some fun at, at Swans you know, and start winning some bargains. You know, one other thing about you that people may not realize uh, outside of Baltimore is you're a big chess guy. You play a lot of chess, and that was something that in the Orioles' clubhouse became kind of a, a bigger deal. What is it about chess that you like, uh, and, and what part of chess and the strategy and the skill required maybe reminds you of baseball? Um, yeah, we're a big chess fan. You know, in Orioles, you know, we start playing chess. Me and Manny start playing chess against each other and Kirby and those guys. You know, I think the strategy, you know, like when you open up, you know, you got a defense plus you got an offense. So it's kind of same as a baseball game. You know, you got to prepare for the, the pitch you're going to pitch today. And sometimes you got to make some adjustment between the games. Sometimes you got to make an adjustment, you know, between the bats. So the same thing, you're gonna, you know, you're going to open up with, with, with a pawn. And the opponent open up with different. You know, you gotta you gotta change your mind and you gotta change change your game plan and, and, and do something different. Baseball is kind of the same way. You know, you gotta attack the pitcher some way, but some way between that bad, but between the the game, you gotta you, you gotta switch a little bit. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Very well said. And finally, just to make folks here in Twins territory jealous, how warm is it right now where you are? 
I'm uh, 87, 88 right now. And you're looking out at the ocean probably? Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not to get the ocean, but it's, it's easy for me to go to the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jonathan, we're excited to have you on board here in Twins territory. We appreciate your time. Can't wait to catch up with you at Twins Fest. Pack your checks board, and uh, we'll see you up here before too long. Uh, I will, I will, I will pack it. So I'm, 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 I'm happy to be there. You know, so I'll see you guys soon. That's Jonathan Scope, Twins second baseman. We're back with Thad Levine as the Hot Stove Show continues next on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back. One final segment on the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. Now, we heard our uh, our winner from last week's What's Brewing contest, Savannah Lee, had the question for, for Thad this week, and it was a dandy in our first segment. Our question this week, and you can work on it all week long and then send it to us. We'll pour over Facebook Live for your answers, or you can uh, tweet it, preferably at Twins Radio, hashtag Twins Radio. Our question to you this week, how is baseball involved in any of your holiday traditions? And you play snow baseball. Maybe you live where there's no snow. Maybe you, you know play a softball game over the holidays with, with old friends the way some people play football at Thanksgiving. Uh, you tell us, how does baseball involve itself in your holiday traditions? Maybe it's uh, uh, the gifting of tickets to opening day, which wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, they go on sale next week, uh, and that always makes a great stocking stuffer. In the meantime, Thad joins us one more time from Las Vegas uh, and the baseball winter meetings before he returns home for some holiday time here in the Twin Cities. And, and Thad, this is three cuts, three good questions for you uh, to send you on your way, a little less uh, uh, baseball in the weeds. And we start with the fact that you're in Las Vegas today, uh, and you are there simultaneous with the National Finals Rodeo, which uh, takes me back to my youth days uh, in rodeo. So I ask you this, if you or members of your front office were uh, asked to compete in rodeo, a, which event would you be in? And B, if I had to hone it into, the, say, like, I don't know, riding a bull, which member of your front office would be the most effective? Oh, that's great. Great questions. I, I, I find myself in when, if, if I've ever been exposed to the rodeo, I, I'm always rooting for the animals. Uh, that, that was the way I was raised. So I, I'm rooting against the humans in this case. I, I would say in terms of the rodeo, the, the, best, the, the best guy on a bull as far as I'm concerned, I'd like to see Mike Radcliffe handle himself. He's a, a savvy, sage veteran scout, and my guess is he's had a little bit more exposure to bulls in his life than, than the rest of us combined. All right, so says the guy who negotiated that horse into Rugnet Odour's contract, so you definitely are on the, uh, the, the animal side of things. Second, uh, again, you're in Vegas, so let's keep it, keep it Vegas. I'm not saying you and Derek should go as Siegfried and Royd for Halloween. I'm not saying you shouldn't go as Siegfried and Roy for Halloween next year. But is there a Vegas act, either contemporary or historic, that you would be in line to see? I, I, I have been fortunate enough in my past uh, life when I worked for Reebok, came out to Vegas quite a bit for, for work, and has been treated to some of those shows. Saw Siegfried and Roy, and I'd say the most uh, spectacular show I saw in Vegas was Cirque du Soleil. Uh, really amazing feats of strength and acrobatics. Uh, literally watched the entire show thinking, I don't think there's a single thing they've done on stage that I actually physically can do. So I think that was the most spe- spectacular show I certainly have seen out here. No, that's pretty good. That's, you've had a good a good run there. And finally, we mentioned opening day is uh, amazingly tickets going on sale next week, and fans can pick up tickets for opening day. And if you do, the first 30,000 fans are going to get 
a twins branded puffer vest that is the official title a puffer vest now you are something of the vest expert if we want to get in the sartorial wing of the front office you are known to uh to sport a vest or two around the ballpark and our question is how much did you have to do with the movement away from hoodies and into the vest territory and was your expertise asked for in designing the puffer vest for opening day I, I am I am hearing this for the first time that we're going to get puffer vest tickled pink to be able to add that to the wardrobe. Uh, Jim Polad is gentleman who is usually most influential in our opening day giveaways as it's something he always wants to uh, pass his muster of whether or not he himself would wear. So I'm guessing he had a little bit more to do with the design uh, than certainly I did. I'm I'm. Like all our fans, I'm I'll be excited to slip that on come opening day. You are definitely a big vest guy, though, correct? Oh, absolutely. Well, literally, I am tall and I enjoy vests. (laughs) All right. Isn't there a bull for you to ride? You need to go ride a bull. Uh, Thad, we we appreciate your time as always. Uh, Continued uh, successes out there as you get the whole gang together at the winter meetings. Uh, And we look forward to getting you back here in one piece and uh, moving past the winter meetings and all the uh, uh, flashbulbs and press conferences and on towards baseball here in the not-too-distant future. We'll talk to you later. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, that is uh, Thad Levine joining us from Las Vegas with uh, another episode of the Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. We're back again next Wednesday. Until then, this is your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.